following presentation is an association of Gateway City Sports and the In The Zone Network. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. You're listening to In the Cards, a show about everything St. Louis Cardinals with the latest news, rumors, and views all right here on Gateway City Sports and the In the Zone Network. Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Welcome to this edition of In the Cards, the A-Train Arlington Lane. This show is sponsored by Cafe Piazza STL, which you can go today to 1900 Arsenal Street at the corner of Arsenal and Limp. And you can try out the Benton Parquet, which is right next door. So if you're a fan of pool, ping pong, pop a shot, like to play video games, pinball, they have it right next door. You can top it off with some Sicilian pizzas and brews on deck right at 1900 Arsenal Street. At the corner of Arsenal and Limp, a block away from the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Coming up on the program, I'll have Brian Swope join me at Gateway City Sports, which is, of course, a partner of this wonderful show. And we'll touch a bit on everything that's going on with the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll talk a bit about Tyler O'Neill, the emergence of Mr. Feast and Famine. <laughs> I've been always wanting to say that. Excuse me, Mr. Feast or Famine. But... um. Also, we'll uh, touch base on Nolan Arenado and his slump and Paul Goldschmidt, why they are both slumping themselves. The bullpen, which I know many Cardinal fans that listen to this show or Cardinal fans, period, are pissed off about greatly. And uh, I know a lot of people are not happy with the uh, dealings of one Mike Schilt, what he's been doing lately in late inning situations, and I know it. I've seen it on social media. I love it. I actually want to see them lose more because it has to force the hand of John Mosellock. So we touch a bit on that as well. Now, people won't be happy with me saying I want to see the Cardinals lose. And it's not because I want them to be losers. It's because I want them to start making some moves. But Brian talks a bit about that, what moves could be done or what moves can't be done at this present moment. So make sure you stay tuned for that. So after the break, Brian Swope joins me right here on In The Cards on Gateway City Sports and the In The Zone Network. Hey folks, the A-Train here for Cafe Piazza. Now I know you've heard about our sponsor on many of our shows. It's located at 1900 Arsenal Street at the corner of Arsenal and Limp, just a block away from the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Let me tell you something. They have wonderful Sicilian pizzas. My favorites are the Tutto Carni and the Pizza Bianca, especially the Bianca. Try it and you'll thank me later. They also got some wonderful brews, and their great weekend brunch, which is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. And now they have added the Benton Parquet 
And it's got pool tables, arcade games, pinball machines, darts, and more. It's great for parties, small gatherings, or just a cool hangout with friends. So swing by Vincent Parkade over at Cafe Piazza, 1900 Arsenal Street at the corner of Arsenal and Limp. You can find them online at CafePiazza.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cafe Piazza STL. And tell them the A-Train sent you. Get on board, city to city, state to state, worldwide. We are in the zone, and this is the network. This is it. Oh, no. I don't have to listen to you, because I'm still going to do just what I want. Back on this edition of In the Car, the A-Train, Arlington Lane. Of course, this show is sponsored by Cafe Piazza STL. Go today at 1900 Arsenal Street at the corner of Arsenal and Limp. And uh, go to the Benton Parquet, you know, right next door. Get you some brews. Get you some Sicilian pizza on deck. Say hi to the lovely Sarah. And also talk to owner Tim, man. He's uh, definitely there and ready to welcome you with all of the amenities that they have to offer for you at Cafe Piazza, 1900 Arsenal Street, just a block away from the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. With me on the line right now is a gentleman. He's over at Gateway City Sports. Of course, we are partnering up with them for this program, and he's kind enough to join me writing uh, a lot for the Cardinals. He's Papa Swope, Mr. Brian Swope. How you doing today, sir? I'm good. What's going on, my man? Man, it has been a pleasure. The last time I remember uh, doing a recording with you, you actually did it with my uh, esteemed colleague, Palmer Alexander, on the In the Zone show. Uh, and that was uh, last year, I believe, right? I think it was last um, year. It would have been in, right before the 20, yeah, right before the 2020 season. Yes. Okay. Because I remember that you were doing some coverage for GCS over <laughs> at the, uh, the winter warm-up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's grateful to have you on board and uh, got to talk to uh, talk to you a bit about the Cardinals. I know myself, I have been going in on the St. Louis Cardinals and me. I have been, Brian, a bit of a pessimist and I'm doing this on purpose only because of one John Mosellock and what he's done. You know, he's got Nolan Arenado. That was great. Everybody was like, what? He's, he's surprised about that. But it seems like that's not enough. And one of the people that he has, uh, that people on social media has gone after was Tyler Webb. Like, why is he still on this roster? What are your thoughts about that? Uh, I, I feel like uh, Tyler Webb got a little Matheny'd like, uh, like Trevor <laughs> Rosenthal did. I, I think Mike Schilt just kind of wore the poor guy out. Yeah, like he, he has <laughs> a... like his arm was falling off. <laughs> He has an ERA over 13 right now and over 20 appearances. I'm like, are you not seeing the picture here? Like you seeing that um, he's steadily allowing runs to score and he's not making any job to stop the bleeding whatsoever. Right. Right. You know, and honestly, I, I think he just, he lost his control and I don't know what the reason for that is. Like there's a lot of reasons why a pitcher will lose control. Um, you know, could it have been the yips? Could he have just not, you know, not been um, feeling right? Was there something mm -hmm. off mechanically? I don't know. But he, he looked to be fine. He just couldn't put it together. And he has been now designated for assignment. Mosellock is hoping that he's able to uh, 
go to Memphis, I wouldn't be mad if somebody snatched him up and said, take that problem off of our hands. But uh, if, if not, you know, he'll he'll take off from Memphis. And I think Andrew Miller has been, as of this recording, has been uh, activated from the injured list. And uh, he'll be inserted into the bullpen, which has been under a lot of trouble and stress and stressing out the fans. And, you know, people are sick of it. You know, one thing has been for sure, Brian, is that there has not been consistency with this bullpen. Well, and the reason that you don't have consistency with the bullpen is because you don't have consistency with the rotation. I mean, how many guys are getting through the fifth inning, you know, and then now you've got Flaherty's down, Michaelis is down. Um, you know, Hudson wasn't pitching this year already because of Tommy John surgery. So you got three fifths of your rotation gone. Like it's a patchwork rotation. And then you get a guy like Martinez who goes in and gives up, you know, what, 10 or 11 runs in the first inning, mm-hmm. you know, that, that just puts more and more pressure on the bullpen. Those guys are taxed. And that's what put pressure on Mosellock because I'm like, you seeing that everything is starting to break down in front of you and you haven't made any moves yet. Is there someone out there that you can think of at the top, Brian, that could be at least a relief, just like to kind of just patch up things just to keep things moving until they can get a bigger name? That's a good question. I mean, if you're talking about just like somebody who can come in and, and fill the gaps, honestly, th- there's really not a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and most teams right now aren't going to be making moves. Like mo- most teams will wait until after the all-star break to really start looking at whether or not they're going to be buying or selling before the trade deadline. Um, and, you know, if, if you were, I, I think I, I was listening to uh, Katie Wu of The Athletic. Yeah, um, she, the Cardinals for the athletic and she, she had made this point and it's a really, really good point is that, you know, even if you go out and hire, you know, sign one of these free agents, you know, it's still going to take them, you know, a while to get up to, you know, being stretched out to a starter's length. Yeah. And by that time, the trade deadline is going to be here anyway. Um, and you may even have, you know, Michaelis and or Flaherty back at that point. You know what? So how, how much can you do? I really think they're going to have to look from within right now and just piece it together and, you know, hope that um, that they survive. Uh, the good news for the Cardinals is that their, their schedule for the month of June is, is fairly favorable. Um, they, I don't think they face I'm, – I'm not sure they face a single team with a winning record over the next few months or <laughs> next few weeks. And that's, uh, it's and, so we seem to be doing good against them. It's just the teams that can win we can't beat. Right. Um, there are nobody, there are no teams that are scared of the Cardinals. Remember, there was a time when you faced the Cardinals, you didn't want to face the Cardinals because of their lineup. And then there's, like you said, the starting rotation and, you know, give or take, sometimes the bullpen would be good. Other times it's not, but it wasn't too much where it was like, you have to scratch your hairs. Like, uh, I'm not sure if, you know, we can uh, get by, but you knew that they were going to be a problem once you faced them. Now that's not the case anymore. No, it's not. And I think the reason for that is because what you think about when you think about the Cardinals has always been stellar pitching and pitching depth. Mm -hmm. And it seems like somebody just went and took a nuclear bomb to the pitching staff and just (laughs) completely blew it up. And we got casualties everywhere. (laughs) Um, You know, this team is really built on run prevention and defense. Yes. Well, when you, prevent runs 
then your offense has to catch up. And I think that the, uh, the team's getting exposed now. The, the holes that a lot of us saw before the season started mm-hmm. are really coming, uh, becoming more and more apparent. I was one of the guys at the beginning of the season, I, even before spring training, I was like, you got to go sign another starter, a- at least one. Yeah. And uh, they didn't do that. And, you know, you look at a guy like Taiwan Walker for the Mets, who was available at the time, mm-hmm. who's I think got now, I think like the third or fourth best ERA in the National League. That's a guy you could have had. And and the Mets look pretty good themselves. You know, <laughs> pretty darn good. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm talking over Brian Swope of Gateway City Sports. He is kind enough to join me here on In the Car. It's sponsored by uh, Cafe Piazza over at 1900 Arsenal Street in St. Louis. Um, One thing that I have seen, because we're talking a bit about this whole team and how right now it seems like their foot is on their neck and they can't remove that foot from the neck. (laughs) Because the top two people that we've been looking at all season long, you know, that people was like, yes, you know, maybe that could be a shot is Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. And right now in the last seven games, Arenado is at 148 and Paul Goldschmidt is at 158. So, and I learned, and I've talked about it on the last episode, Brian, was that in late game situations, this is what the Diamondbacks broadcast team when they were playing in Arizona, Rob Brindley, who has now been taking a leave of basketball, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, and Steve Berthume, they both said that they would rather face Goldschmidt over Arenado. And that was before Arenado hit the home run in, in Arizona. But them two together, they're not doing so high. And no, no, they're not. And what, what, you, what do you think needs to happen right now? Because we still don't know what Dylan Carlson can do. We do know Tommy Edmond has done a pretty respectable job at the top of the lineup. Molina is going to be Yachty, but there might be somebody so far that could help and carry it. I know he's had one hell of a week defensively and offensively, and that's been Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill had been my pick to break out this year for this team. Um, if you'll remember when I, when I was on last time I talked with Palmer, um, you know, we were talking about it winter warmup, yeah. you know, that was right before, you know, Azuna had, had signed with Atlanta mm-hmm. and we were still trying to figure out, you know, you know, we, we kind of talked about, you know, who could fill that gap. And, and I told Palmer at the time, I said, look, O'Neill is a guy. I really think he's a guy that could hit 30 plus home runs a year. Um, he's proving it right now. True. Um, True. And, and, you know, you look at his, um, at his average, I think his average is somewhere close to 280. I wouldn't have pegged him for like a 280 average. Like I would maybe more like 260, 265. Um, but man, I tell you what, the thing that impresses me about O'Neill is if you look at him, he's laying off pitches he used to swing at. Um, you know, he would chase all the time. And if you look at him, he has a better understanding of the strike zone. He it is, almost seems like he knows what's coming. Um, and last night I, I was watching the game last night and he, the one he popped up, oh gosh, was that the, I want to say it was like the, the seventh or eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he had a chance to, to bring, bring some guys in. He swung at a high fastball and just got underneath it. 
but you could tell he knew it too. Like he knew what was coming. He put that swing on it and just got under it just a little too much. Um, but Tyler O'Neill is really, really having a breakout year. And yeah. if he can stay healthy, he is that guy that, you know, when you talk about like the great Cardinals teams of, of you know, this, you know, of the 2000s, you look at us, we always had like three strong hitters. You know, we, we talked about, you know, the MV3, you had, you know, yep. Pujols and uh, Roland and, and Edmonds. And then, yep. you know, e- even after, even after that, I mean, you, you still had, you know, Pujols and then you had, you know, Berkman and Holiday. I mean, you always had at least three heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. You know, if you would have told me, you know, five years ago that we would have a team with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and we would still be struggling to score, I would have said you're crazy, <laughs> but, that, right. but that's what it seems like for, for whatever reason, those guys are, are slumping right now at the same time. And you've always got guys that are going to go through a slump. Exactly. Goldie himself is notorious for being a slow starter. Yep. Like that's the he, reason his, his whole career, he, he's, he's started slow, mm-hmm. but once he starts to heat up and once, you know, Nolan gets out of his slump, you know, if, if O'Neill keeps up doing what he's doing, and if Carlson is who we think he is and, and he's starting to show it, he's looking more like that. I think he's got what four home runs in the past six or seven games. Um, he, he's looking great. I mean, he's looking fantastic for a rookie and, and is squarely in the conversation for rookie of the year. I mean, we've got the offense. We just don't have the pitching right now. <laughs> I mean, and okay. One of the things that I wanted to say about Mr. Feaster family, because that's my nickname for Tyler O'Neill, because he does strike out a lot. That's not, that's not going to be up for question. Um, but however, like you said, he is seeing the ball with, uh, better. He's at 407 the last seven games, last 15, 340 with seven home runs. And in the last 30 games, 317 with 11 home runs, but he struck out a lot, 35 times in those 30 games. But like you said, he's starting to know what pitches are coming to him. I think he's going to be a guy that's a 30 home run, 100 strikeout type of fellow, but that's fine. It's just where you place him in the lineup. I know lately uh, uh, Mike Schilt has put him third uh, and he's put him fifth. Five or six seems plausible for him because you don't want a guy late in the game and you're looking for a a hit and he doesn't give it to you. He strikes out because he's already thinking in the moment that I got to do something. I got to make something happen. It's not a lot of pressure when you're below the lineup. You know you have to produce, but it's not as high as if you were two, three, or four. Did, Did that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And especially for a guy like O'Neill, because um, I, I remember asking him this question myself. You know, I said, you know, Tyler, I said, your your minor league numbers are great. You just had some trouble putting it together, you know, at uh, at the major league level. You know, do you think you were pressing too hard, maybe trying to, um, you know, to impress, to replicate or, or whatever it was? And, and I remember Tyler just saying, like, matter of fact, you know, I know I have what it takes to be to be successful in this league. And he said, yeah, maybe maybe that was that was part of it. But I mean, he was just adamant. I know that I have what it takes. Um, and he's not your three hole hitter. Absolutely not. No, um, not when you got Goldie and Arenado, but he's definitely a good five or six hitter. Um, you know, could he grow into and develop into a three hole hitter eventually in his career? 
maybe um that's yet to be seen yeah um, but i i like him a lot in in the i say the sixth hole because i like yachty fifth exactly because you know that yachty's gonna put a bat on the ball you know i, exactly. I love having Yachty fifth but when you've got that pop right there at number six i mean good night i mean yeah he either strikes it out or he hits it over the wall exactly I mean, if Tyler puts a bat on the ball, it's going to the moon, you know? So and that's, and that's I remember having this conversation <laughs> like with, uh, with Crash. And I'm like, when the season starts, I'm like, why is Goldschmidt number two in the lineup? I'm like, if you want it. And I, put, I, don't know, I remember posting it on Twitter. I said, Edmund Carlson, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Molina. And they was like, well, why would you put Molina fifth? You put Molina fifth because you know he's going to put the bat on the ball. You know exactly. he's going to do that. He may not be the guy to drive and runs, even though he's actually done so. But when, you know, I think it was at the beginning of the season, I'm only going by uh, the starting lineup at the time. And then you put O'Neal at six, the young seven before he got hurt, and then Justin Williams, which is a guy that I'm really trying to keep my faith in because he's it's hard right now. Um, I know he's... He's getting more playing time, so and it's also been a struggle for him. But I saw in the Dodger series, when he hits the ball, he can hit the ball real hard and real far. So that gave me hope that he still can do it. And he had a two-hit game in that particular uh, outcome. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm giving a chance. I'm holding out hope. Maybe he can get over the hump as June progresses and starts, things start to heat up. You know, that is a guy that I'm looking because Schiltz saw something in him for him to be in the starting lineup. So, yeah, you tell me. Well, I, you know, I like Justin Williams. Like, I, If you listen to that home run, the sound that that yes. ball coming off that bat. Yes. I mean, they, they talk about anytime a scout talks about like a, a hitter and when he hits the ball mm -hmm. and hits it, hard, they talk about that sweet spot and, yes. and that's coming off the bat. Williams has that, you know, <laughs> when he hits it, he hits it hard. Um, yeah. and defensively he's good. Like yes. I, I don't have any questions about him defensively. He's just got to put it together at the plate. Yep. And I think he can, um, you know, he probably would have been up a lot sooner a couple of years ago if he hadn't, you know, gotten so mad at himself and broke his hand. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but you know, if, if he can get out of his own head, and if he can just get up there and just relax and just focus, you know, keep it simple. You know, I think a lot of times these guys can get up there and they're pressing real hard. And, you know, you just got to tell them, keep it simple. See the ball, hit the ball. Yeah. You've done it your whole life. Yep. You know, don't don't stress, because if you stress, you start putting more pressure on yourself. That's when you start to, you know, really get in your own headspace. And, and you got to keep that mind clear. And, and if Justin can do that. Man, he could be a really nice player for this team. Man, and I'm, I'm hoping nothing but the best for Justin Williams. Like, I really am rooting for him. Dylan Carlson has really, in my mind, I have to throw him out there. He's exceeded my expectations. He has. Like, I see Dylan as, in one day, if he remains with the Cardinals as a 304 guy. You know, because you got to remember, Goldschmidt is already, he's going to be 34 this year. Uh, Arenado is already over 30. I mean, you expect them to be here long term, but at the same time, you got a young kid, 21, 22, already starting to show that he can, you know, he can really hit the ball, you know, when he sees it. Well, 
You know, he can hit the ball a long, long way. And for a 21-year-old right now with Dylan, is somebody we haven't really seen. Not, I'm not saying as a hitter, but an all-around player of sorts that we've had probably since Pujols. When I look at Carlson, and maybe it's because he's a switch hitter, but when I look at him, he reminds me of a young Carlos Beltran, but yeah. without like, – like a slower version of Carlos Beltran. Mm. Like that's who he reminds me of. He, even his batting stance. I mean, he looks a lot <laughs> like Beltran in the, in the box. so true. Yes. And if he, so if he can even – you know, if he can keep producing at the level he's doing, he doesn't even have to be, you know, otherworldly like Pujols. I mean, if he produces like he's doing now, I mean, that, that – you can't ask much more from a guy than that. That's a good comparison, Carlos Beltran, man. Yeah, because the only thing he doesn't have, like you said, is the speed, you know. So, but that's fine. As long as you can make it up for everything else, you know, and do the the dirty work at the plate and uh in the field, man, he should be fine. Like we should have a, have him out there for 10 years or so, you know, remain with the team, but they also got to remain competitive. So that's a whole nother story. Brian Swope, he's with me right now on in the cards and um just touching a bit about everything going on with the Cardinals. Um, a sight to see, which I hated to see myself. And this is what we'll close with, was seeing Albert Pujols in Dodger blue. And I, I've been cheering for him even when he was with the Angels. I'll continue to cheer for him even in Dodger blue. But what was your thoughts when you saw that he signed with the Dodgers? Uh, heartbroken. <laughs> you know, I, and, and the, the, I think the reason for that is because this very well could be Yachty and Wayno's last year. Yep. And if this is Pujols' last year, I could not have thought of a better ending to the story than Pujols coming back home and walking off the field with his two brothers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the other thought I had was I'm glad it's Dodger blue and not Cub blue because that would have hurt even more. Um, 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 I don't know. The only <laughs> reason why I say Dodger blue hurts because they were the champs last year, you know, and you went with the champs. Uh, now, I, I do I do see where you're coming from with that, but I think that's Anthony Rizzo's and he'll be there till he's dead pretty much. Yeah, he's, no, he, he's he will be. <laughs> like, it'll be a shock if they say we're moving on from Anthony Rizzo at first base. But well, and I understand why he did it. I mean, you, yeah. you're in the same town. You don't have to move. Nope. You know, you, you don't have to, you know, disrupt anything for your family at all, which is great. He's going to get an opportunity to play. He's going to get an opportunity to, to try and hit 700. And honestly, personally, I think that if he doesn't hit 700 this year, he's going to be wearing the birds on the bat next year, playing a similar role, just trying to get to 700 home runs. And he'll get there. Whether <laughs> next. Hey, that's going to be like, um, what was that movie that came out some years ago? Mr. 3000 with Bernie Mac. You know, that's just, 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 <laughs> just to get my 3000th hit, and that's that. Yep. <laughs> so, or, you know, but it was, you know, it was to reach a milestone. That's the point. And, uh, man, there's only three men in, in baseball history that have done that. And uh, Alex Rodriguez was close, but he didn't quite reach it. So uh, if anybody that could do it is Albert. And I, don't, I really don't think he's 41 years of age, man. I really don't. <laughs> I, I'm seeing it. I've seen it then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you saw it in Memphis. 
if you got a chance to see it in Memphis, he was only there for a minuscule time. But I remember seeing pictures of him. But I'm like, he don't look 19 or 20. Yeah, he doesn't look like a kid. He look about 24, 25, and he's still pushing. You know what I mean? Yep. And, but it, it it is what it is with that. I've been so uh, happy for him and his career. And uh, I hope, I'm hopeful. I'll stay hopeful just like you are, that he remains with the birds on the back. I hope so. We'll have to come back and talk about it again if uh, if that happens next year. <laughs> hey, he had the best 10 seasons at, of just about any Cardinal, if not better than any Cardinal in uh, team history. So, I mean, that's still something that uh, that can't be debated if you're a Cardinal fan. He is the best pure hitter that I have ever seen in my life. See, man, uh, man I, I was just telling I was just telling uh, telling my, my, my fam, man, that Pujols is probably the best hitter I've ever seen in my lifetime um, just because of how he was able to go to the plate and make stuff happen, whether he didn't, he wasn't a slugger as people wanted to put him in that type of box. No, he was a hitter. He was a pure yeah. hitter. And if he hit the ball hard and long, then that's what happened. You know, whatever came off the bat is what it was. And so that's what's so cool about Albert Pujols. Yeah, he was, uh, I think as Tony LaRusso put it, a line drive hitter with power. Exactly. That was it. Brian, before you go, man, tell everybody where they can find you on uh, social media. Find your work. Uh, you can, yeah, you can find me at Papa Swope uh, on Twitter um, and uh, doing, uh, doing my thing over there at Gateway City Sports. So check us out, gatewaycitysports.com. Uh, got lots of uh, great writers over there working, uh, lo lots of shows going on. Um, I've got one in production right now. Uh, Yacker Jacks should be coming yeah. out in a couple of weeks. Um, so uh, head on over there and check us out, man. Definitely will, man. And, and uh, shout out to Derek King over at Gateway City Sports. And of course, my man, uh, Gene Bonds, definitely thinking about you, man, even as, you know, even that's just not doing the show with us right now. So uh, appreciate you, uh, Papa Swope, and you always have an open invitation to come on in the cards with you, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. All right, that is the one and only Brian Swope, a.k.a. Papa Swope. And uh, make sure that you go and follow the work over at GatewayCitySports.com. We're about to wrap things up for this edition of In the Cards. Thank you to my man, Papa Swope, and Gene Bonds again, man, thinking about you, man. And uh, you always are family here at the network and GCS. Catch you for another edition of In the Cards right here on Gateway City Sports and the In the Zone Network. <laughs>